0: You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 89. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We're your one-stop shop for pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks... And Rob. Oh. And <laughs> yes. since we live in Florida, speaking of Rob, the occasional story about a man who drunkenly calls 911 to report that his wife is an actual black widow spider. Giant black widow spider, mind you.
1: Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I what? called them back and told them I was just kidding.
0: Yeah, you're like, it was a wolf spider. I'm sorry. I got my guidebook exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Understandable.
1: Don't pray call 911, kids. Yeah, yeah. We do not condone that here at the Give Me Five podcast. Yeah.
0: And if you do, get your spiders right. So anyway, my name is Greg. Yeah, the Rob. person the person that I've already mentioned before is Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello.
1: Spiders are evil and they all must die.
0: <laughs> no, mosquitoes are more evil and all the spiders must eat the mosquitoes.
1: And then they must die.
0: Fair enough. I'm good with that. If it wasn't for a spider, I wouldn't have met my wife. Thank you very much. So one spider out there is good. Rest in peace, spider.
1: I still have a scar on my leg from a spider, so...
0: And we also have Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Party on, Greg. <laughs> so as I said before, we discussed a bunch of entertainment, pop culture, all that fun stuff. And this week, we are going to talk about E3, the Netflix original and originally titled Murder Mystery, and Men in Black International. And when we are done, we are going to come up with this week's top five list relating
1: to our topics. So guys, any news? Um, uh, Sure, go ahead, Rep. There, there there was some it, I mean it's it's kind of gone by this point because I think it happened shortly after we were recorded uh last week. Um but do you guys remember reading about the uh the whole women's soccer thing? Yeah, I love the women's United
0: States soccer team. Sure I
1: do. I I really enjoy the women's World Cup. I, I I do watch a little bit of it here and there when I can catch it. But everybody was all pissed off at the US women's team for essentially running up the score on I think it was Thailand, was it? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So, in in a sport where where you know games normally end, a country who has clearly never actually played a game of soccer. Yes, and and we're in a sport where games typically end like one nothing or one two or two nothing something like that. The U.S. women's team scored thirteen goals and Thailand scored zero. So mm-hmm. people were all complaining that they ran up the score on Thailand, and and I guess I guess after people understood why. They ran up the score on Thailand. Um, then they started complaining that, that they just celebrated too much after the goals when they were already up, you know, you know, seven to nothing or something. But, um, for those who don't know, in the world cup, the amount of goals that you score actually matters. So if, if there's a tie in the divisional round, your goal differential is considered the tiebreaker. So, if you have the opportunity to run up the score like that, you're guaranteed the tiebreaker, and you should go for it. Mm-hmm. until Until they stop counting it as part of the score or as, as part of the seeding, I have no problem with them running up the score like that. Would you agree with that, or do you disagree? No, I,
0: I definitely agree. I'm yeah. If I'm always of the the mindset that if you can't uh, don't want someone to score on you or celebrate, don't let them. Stop mm-hmm. them! And anytime any of this type of stuff happens, the only thing I really think about is get the starters out so they don't get hurt. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, that's like the only thing I think about because all it takes is for like uh, Morgan or some of the uh, who's uh, well, I forget I forget their names now. It's been a while.
1: Rapinoe.
0: Yeah, Rapinoe. Yeah, Mor- I, I was trying to think. Of uh, well,
1: one. and Morgan and Rapinoe actually didn't play in the second game. They didn't start in the second game, huh. and they still won three nothing.
2: Yeah, um, I have no problem with it. Uh, I mean, in a, in a game where that's kind of the point, then I don't know. I, I guess some people were upset that the, maybe they felt like the, uh, celebrations were excessive, but, uh, I, I feel like it's kind of a double standard there. I mean, people don't really get that upset when there's an excessive celebration in the NFL. Well, unless it's the officials, which they'll call a flag on, yeah, but and they throw a flag. Um, I don't, you're excited. People plan that moment out. For I mean, I, years,
1: you know, what are you going to do when you score? So I have you know, less of a problem with people celebrating when they're up than I do with people celebrating when they're behind. I think yeah, it's actually,
0: funny <laughs> when they yeah, someone when gets a behind. first down and they're down 21 points or something. And it's like, what? Right. And it's like, what, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. First down. Yeah. Touchdown a little bit different, in my opinion. Look, well, these people, I mean, these people it, trained and practiced their entire lives to get to this point. Right. <laughs> if they can put that many points. That's vindication for all of the. All of the things they didn't do that all their friends were doing, all of the times they were waking up early to go running and do stadiums and do this, if they want to celebrate and blow off team.
1: do it. Scoring a goal, in the, essentially scoring a goal in the World Cup is, or in the World Cup tournament is kind of like scoring points in the playoffs or scoring points in the Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that everybody gets a chance to do.
0: If I ever scored a point in a professional sports venue, I would be dry hopping something. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure what or who but just saying yeah so there we go uh there is a little bit of avengers news since that is right up our alley avengers endgame will get a re-release in theaters really this this week i believe well june 28th i'm not sure if that's this week but june 28th did it uh, leave the
1: theaters isn't it still in theaters? no it's
0: still in the theaters but they're they are going to do a little bit of a push with a new post-credit scene and they're adding in a few little surprises throughout the movie Uh, They did say it's not like a director's cut or anything, so it's not mm -hmm. probably anything too crazy, but for those completists, that is going to be back there. Oh, my God.
2: Now, this is or is not in an effort to surpass Avatar in terms of box office
0: sales. Yeah, I'm sure it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Endgame needs to make just $45 million more at the global box office before it can be the highest grossing movie of all time. Mm. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that whatsoever.
1: N- and not it's still actually all. doing pretty well. Yeah, well, and and I don't really think it would have needed to do that to actually finish to to finish ahead of Avatar. But, I mean, to me, this just seems like a cash grab. Now, now I don't know all that much, yeah. not other than what you I mean, just it, told me, but.
0: It is, and I don't, I doubt, you know, I'm sure it's almost like the a movie equivalent of sometimes, like, you'll stay all the way through the to the end credits, and, like, the joke is just a little teeny tiny thing, and everyone's like, oh, because it doesn't push the plot forward. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the movie equivalent of that, because I'm sure it's going to be nothing too crazy. It might even tie into Homecoming. I'm not, we don't, I'm not really sure.
1: You mean Far From Home?
0: Far From Home, sorry. Yes. So, there's a little bit of a, of news that I uh,
1: saw. No, that is interesting. I, I have a little issue that would actually tie into that that I'd like to discuss. Oh, okay. And I would, I would like to shame Marvel. Uh-oh. Shame! For... Shame! For, their, <laughs> for their most recent <laughs> their most recent trailer of Spider Man Far From Home. Okay. Because I think that they should have left it for the movie to make a reveal that they made in the trailer. In the most recent trailer.
0: I haven't seen this trailer, so I might tell you to shut your damn mouth. Although I'm guessing I'm gonna take a guess as to what it might be.
1: Okay, go for it. Is What's it, it yeah.
0: that the is it villain related? It is not. Oh, okay. Then I'm shutting up.
2: All right, I'll take a guess. Okay. Um, Mary Jane is actually a talking flerkin. Um, she's a flerkin. No, she's a uh, talking cardboard box that Peter Parker uh, has hallucinated into his love interest. No, damn, I'm
1: sure that was it. And and it's <laughs> so it's close. probably it's probably not a major plot point, but it is something that they could have left for the theater because it would have been a oh my god moment. But okay. in in the most recent trailer, they spill the beans that Mary Jane knows that he's Spider-Man.
0: Oh no. yeah, okay, yes, I did see that.
1: And she and she's like, "Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious." And then she goes blah 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 blah, and then they cut off, and I'm like, "Well, why in the hell would you put that in the trailer? Why not just leave that for the movie?" Yeah. Why? <laughs> People are already going to see the movie.
0: That this like little cute moment doesn't need to be in the trailer.
1: Right. I mean, it's I mean, save some stuff for and and it it just bugs me when they Shame. overshare Shame. or yeah, Shame on you, shame. Marvel. Shame. Stop. I would've li- I would have liked to have discovered that in the movie.
0: Yeah. I definitely need a shame uh, noise sound. I'll have to find You that can get work.
1: the one from Game of Thrones. Shame,
0: shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go. And then we'll get sued. Eh. They can have all we've made on this podcast. <laughs> Take okay. on our debt. Rob, I'm gonna make you happy. Oh boy. Damn right you are. Rob, you to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Jim Butcher. Tweeted that he has finished the finale of his latest Dresden book, Peace Talks.
1: Ooh. Well that is that is very exciting.
0: We have read we have read quite a few of these of the Dresden books. And read all of them. Yeah. As have I. So you know how it usually works. There's usually the penultimate, like big finale chapter, and then usually there's a wrap up, you know, Mm -hmm. cleaning of the wounds, gathering together people going where they need to go. So the finale chapter is done, he only has to do the wrap-up chapter, and he's going to keep people posted as to when the release date is, as that is the publisher's job, not his job. Uh, if you guys would like to learn more about this, and to be able to know exactly when those books come out, or to know anything more, you can always check him out at on that's L-O-N-G-S-H-O-T, Author on Twitter, that's L-O-N-G-S-H-O-T-Author on Twitter. So there you go. How many Dresden Files books are there now?
1: It's like 18 or like, 15. I want to say like I want to say this was the 17th. Peace talks is the 17th. Yeah. Okay. But they fly. They're they're, they're re- he's really good. I really yeah. like his work. I'll have to give the first a one first. It's very
0: good. And I've got some a little bit of sad news. Um I don't know if Jimmy was going to talk about this, but uh Dave Mustaine has been diagnosed with throat cancer, the lead singer of mm. Megadeth. Uh former guitarist of Metallica, but that was many years ago, many years ago. And of course, Megadeth was one of the, uh, the big four metal bands up there with Metallica and Anthrax and Slayer. And he did have to cancel the rest of his shows this year to get treatment for throat cancer. Um, he's faced obstacles before as he, this is from his Facebook page. Uh, we've mapped out a treatment plan. It should have about a 90% success rate. Um, so he's going to cancel most of his shows, his mega cruise, their mega cruise, is going to still go on and they are working on a, a up album to dystopia. So he's thankful and see you soon. So Dave Mustaine, please heal soon. And, uh, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Megadeth fan, but you know, big fan of metal. And there's a very large amount of metal fans that do like him.
2: Yeah. Can't doubt the guy's influence. Um, wishing him all the best.
0: It's weird. It, when I heard that he had cancer, I knew it was throat cancer mm-hmm. because like he tears up his voice when he sings. And I know that, really doesn't have much to do with it but like there's just something about it that you're like if you're if you're hammering your throat that much seems like it makes sense i don't know just a weird like i knew it before i read it Mm. that was anyway uh jimmy what you got
2: i've got a little bit more uh heavy metal related news Ooh, as me likey uh glenn danzig hold on <laughs> nice. Um, Glenn Danzig, uh, <laughs> legendary singer of the Misfits of the group Sam and of course, the aptly titled Danzig, um, has released a, a film. He's made his directorial debut with a movie called Verotica. Now, this is based off of some of the stories from his comic series called Verotic. Um, I mean, you can only guess at what that stands for. Mm-hmm. Um but the film premiered at Apocalypse in Chicago recently and it's being hailed as the room of horror movies. Now, Clint Danzig uh was very proud of this. He introduced the film and it was received with lots of laughter. Now yeah. Danzig came on after and he he said, uh, you guys laughed at the stuff I wouldn't have laughed at. So Danzig finds himself in a very Tommy Wiseau kind of role right now. Uh, give you guys a, um, an idea of the three stories that are in this horror anthology. Uh, the first one kind of related to some of the Florida news that Greg had. Uh, a woman with eyeballs for nipples conjures a giant, (laughs) hang on, she conjures a giant murderous albino man spider every time she falls asleep. Who doesn't? Thrilling,
0: right? Um, the uh, albino the, spider of DeJet, apparently. I'm at the, I'll get
2: the. All spider. right. So, uh, the second story in the anthology, a disfigured dancer collects other women's faces. And finally, Danzig has his own take on the Elizabeth Bathory tale. Um, it's just apparently a riot. Um, I, I really hope his ego allows him to re- release it outside of other film festivals. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I really hope he embraces the ridiculousness of it. And, uh, how
1: how could he not? I mean, he made a woman with eyeballs for nipples. I Uh, mean, does he think that that would be like spooky or, oh man, this is so creepy. She's got eyeballs where her nipples are supposed to be? I think the latter, yeah. What a dumbass.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I told told you about, I've told, uh, Jimmy, there's quite a few times about the time that I saw Dan and I am a fan. I've, mm, listened, yes, I, have, so I. I, own, I own all of the albums. Uh, but I, re, I still remember when I saw him at the, the house of blues and he had these, this stack of skulls, like, you know, the, um, well, the, like, Rob, like the Chris, the Halloween decoration where they'll like stack like three skulls and have like one light bulb mm-hmm. in it that like fills it up. And it was like that, but it was painted nicer. So it looked like a spooky stack of skulls. And mm-hmm. on one side of the stage, they lit <laughs> up with the red eyes and on the other side, it wasn't working. <laughs> and he, like, came out and, like, tapped the top of it and, like, shook it. And I, like, I could see him in my head, like, why aren't my skulls working? Because <laughs> he was, like, shaking him and, like, tapping him and, like, whatever. And then he, like, stormed off backstage. I'm like, oh, boy. It really kind uh, like of took me out of the spookiness. A,
2: yeah, that's, that seems like a very dancing thing to do. Yeah. Um, it, if you look at the the screen caps that they released, I guess, they're just really just poor-looking... Danzig defends that and saying that everybody shoots in Raw now and they feed it off to a post-production house and they say, here, make this look good, where Danzig, quote, shoots in F-stops. So uh, it it just looks like a really bad, like,
0: student film with a really low budget. So, And you know what that means? I cannot wait to see it. (laughs) Neither can I. (laughs) That's going to happen. Probably going to happen at Rob's house.
1: Probably. Or at your house when I bring Uh, it over. True,
0: true okay so or I think at the that, indian yeah definitely the indian that would, would be, be amazing okay well let's let's do a little bit of florida news uh jimmy the theme song
2: it's time for some weird shit from florida it's yeah. gonna change every week
0: that's fine that's fine uh son of a bitch well <laughs> there <weird>. it is.
2: <laughs> yeah. phantom shower turns on in florida yeah. man well you know this actually we'll, we'll
0: just stick with this so um guys you know That baby gender reveals are kind of a big thing, right? We all have social media. We've seen the videos, right? You've, you've seen those baby gender reveals. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So like, you know, there's the, the cake, right? Where they send a baker the information. The baker doesn't, the baker will bake the cake either in blue or pink. And then they don't know what it is until you cut it, right? Uh, I saw recently Mm -hmm. my cousin actually did one that was, uh, they used an exploding golf ball. And when you hit the golf ball, it exploded into powder and it was either pink or blue, obviously. Uh, I've seen confetti. I've seen pinatas. I've seen a bunch of stuff. However, there's a family in, uh, well, Florida, the Wright family, somewhere near Tampa, and they use their pet alligator.
2: (laughs) Are they the Wright family?
0: They are. Are are. This actually got less weird as I read it, to be honest. Uh, They use their pet alligator named Otis to pop a balloon filled with colored powder to reveal the gender. And so they used a long prod to kind of hold the balloon in front of the alligator's mouth. The alligator bit into it for a little while, and then they pushed the balloon against the alligator's teeth. It popped and revealed the sex of their upcoming baby. So, uh, the the pregnant woman was standing pr- approximately the length of the alligator away from said alligator. And I was a long alligator, but still, the pregnant woman was very close to said alligator. Um, and for the record, the powder in the balloon was pink. So, congratulations, right family, on your baby daughter. You might want to not have a pet alligator around when you have a baby. Uh, but it did get a little bit less weird because the, the family's... The husband of the family actually... His job is to remove nuisance alligators from houses and things. So
2: okay, it wasn't like
0: a random alligator that they just went up and bothered. It was their own pet alligator, which, and, you know, but they do have a pet alligator in a house with children. So I'm not entirely sure about that.
2: Okay. I mean, dogs get jealous and upset when a new baby is brought into a household. How do you think a damn alligator is going to act? Yeah. And this alligator was not little. Oh, man.
1: I would, I would like to point out. Okay. That there are more people that go to the hospital with dog bite injury than there are with alligators. Because the alligator ones go to the morgue. <laughs>
2: That's true. The alligators go to Lake Jessup.
1: Uh, guys,
0: I believe it is time for Snap Decisions. Snap Decisions. I believe it is a rare occasion when we have two Snap Decisions, and that rare occasion is right now. Rob, what you got?
1: Um, well, I I think this has been going on for a little while, but I read about it recently. Um, and it's a little disheartening because he's getting a bad reputation and I kind of like his books, but Alaron Kong. Uh-oh. Yeah. What's has, happening? They, they've outed him as getting his posse together or you know, reaching out on Facebook and asking people to go and vote down negative reviews of his book on like Audible or whatever, you know, where, where you say, where you say, was this review helpful or unhelpful? That kind of thing. He's, he's asking his, his readers to go vote unhelpful so that the negative reviews move to the bottom of the list. Okay. And how do you feel about that? Do you think, do you think that's no big deal? Or do you think that, that it's, give me your thoughts.
0: Okay. Well, we, we have dealt with this a little bit because we, do a podcast. It is on out in the public, and people do have the opportunity to give us five stars. Hint, hint, hint. Everyone out there, five stars. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But when we first started, we got a one star review by what I'm assuming is another podcast that had a very similar name than us. Because when they disappeared, we just dis- that one star review disappeared. Ha! Ah. And the reason why I'm even bringing that up is not sour grapes or anything. It is the fact that if something is legitimately a bad review. ...that says, well, I don't like it because I didn't think this character was realistic, blah, 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 blah. That's a helpful review. But if it's like, <laughs> Elrond Kong sucks, I could understand being like, hey, why don't you vote this review down? Because that wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't helpful. That was just someone else that was like, oh, you know what? I have a problem with this author, with this book. With I like a different book series better, so I'm going to vote them down into oblivion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, I think for the most part in general, people are very well aware of how the internet works and are going to not really take other people's reviews into account without reading all this, like, just scanning through and being like, oh, you know, this this is a legit review. Why did 50 people vote it down? Mm-hmm. So you, it might cause people to have to search a little deeper. Um, I do have a problem with the the actual author saying that. It's exactly like I would have a problem with a restaurant doing it or you know, I'm looking at airbrushes and an airbrush company may be doing it. You know, I want to know exactly why something works and doesn't work. And it's going to save them money about me returning it. So I do actually have a problem with the author causing it, but I don't necessarily have a problem with people doing it. That makes sense.
2: I would piggyback on that. And I would agree with you. If he's outright saying, Hey, this review right here, vote this one down, vote that one down. And if they are anything more than, Oh, this guy sucks, you know, um, then, you know, shame on, shame on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really pay attention to what users have to say about books because I know everybody's going to feel so differently. Um, products. Yeah, that's, you know, I'll read the reviews on, on Amazon for a product, but if it's a book that I'm paying five bucks for and I don't enjoy it, you can always return it. I mean, I know there's so much more expensive on Audible. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to see some of them, really, and I'd, I'd have to see what he said. I can't find um, I anything it. on it. Did you?
0: Yeah, he he did about on Audible, and mm-hmm. it was on his personal Facebook page. He said, please vote not helpful on this review, Street Team. It mm-hmm. uh, was done in March, so basically he picked one specific review on Audible and said, vote not helpful. Now, you what you can't see is the review.
1: what What the review mm-hmm. actually said. So I don't really have a problem with it, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I don't have a problem with it because Audible has set it up to allow people to do it. And if he's telling people who have enjoyed his book, who are allowed to have essentially their own opinions, he's basically bringing it to their attention. He's not making them go do it. He's not creating a million bots to go do it. He's basically asking people who liked his book to go vote not helpful on this review if they – it, because essentially, the not helpful thing is saying people disagree with this review. So he's not asking anybody to do anything that they wouldn't necessarily agree with anyway. He's just saying, hey, there's this negative review out here about this book. If you liked my book, say it was not helpful, vote it down. So as long as that mechanism is in place, mm-hmm. I have no problem with him bringing it to other people's attention and saying, hey, if you liked my book, you know, vote this down. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I agree with that. It's out there for people to do it. So right.
0: as long as that mechanism
1: it. is in place, I don't find anything wrong with what he did. Not how I thought his name was spelled. Aileron. I thought
0: it was Alarond. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> no.
1: It's, it's it's like it's Aileron, like a um, like on a wing on a plane wing. Yeah. A L E R O N just about
2: at the end of the second book. And honestly, I can't wait to get to the third.
1: I really enjoy that books.
2: Even despite he's got some really corny jokes. Mm hmm but
1: that's okay. Now, now that's not all he's done, but that's Uh-oh. something else. The this the snap decision was just about that in particular.
0: Well, I I got one. This is this might actually take a little more time.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: Because this is another one where I don't really know the answer and I'm sort of intrigued and sort of worried, but okay. So, uh, the movie box office is absolutely tanking this year.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, it is down 6% from this from this t- same point last year, and that's after The Avengers Endgame, which we said is on pace to be the it very least, the second top grossing film ever. Um, and it's still down. Uh, this, this summer's actually had three major bombs, specifically Dark Phoenix, Godzilla, and Men in Black International. All did horribly. And uh, also, uh, we had Secret Life of Pets, which did half of what the original made its opening week. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: There's a couple other ones, too. Oh, and Shaft. Shaft was terrible. Or Sha- Shaft did terribly. Yeah, I guess. Which,
0: the for that one, I didn't even know that was even a thing. When I, when I saw that Shaft made money when I was looking at the, the numbers for this, I was like, "Like, oh, did they re-release Shaft? I had absolutely no idea there was a Shaft movie out. I heard a very brief blurb about it on, it, like, Spotify. It makes sense why I've seen some Samuel L. Jackson stuff, like he's going to be on a talk show or this or that. But that makes sense. But so there's that. Um, just a couple other movies that aren't the big name ones. Uh, the movie Talk Show and the movie Smart, they both failed to find audiences um, some of which mm-hmm. kind of understand um, at least talk show, Booksmart Never opened heard of up talk show, What talk show that's the one with uh, like the British talk show host and uh, uh, the girl from the office, the Indian girl from the office whose name is escaping me, but Mindy, Mindy, yeah, Mindy Kaylee, Mindy Kaylee, so, yeah, uh, funny, uh, but nighttime talk shows they're kind of on, not on the way out, but not as popular anymore. So I kind of get that. And Booksmart actually opened up alongside Aladdin. And if you look at the numbers crossover on both of those movies, they're pretty much the same. Now BookSmart made its money back. And it's supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. But anyway, kinda continuing. Uh so there have been some bright spots. I mentioned Aladdin and game obviously, Captain America, John Wick 3 and Detective Pikachu are kind of the ones that have made money this year. Like hits. Uh so the question is, and this is why I'm not sure if we're the really the people to answer this, but do you think the movie industry might actually be in trouble? Or is it just a weird coincidence? And knowing that the bright spots, three of the five that I mentioned are, are Disney is a really room out there for movies that aren't made by Disney anymore.
2: If you look at a film like John wick that has, I guess smashed all expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, actually I think there's more room opening up because there is going to be an absence in the MCU for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, with Disney um, creating their own streaming service and their own shows, uh, Netflix creating – I mean a movie that we're going to talk about has smashed all Netflix original records um, and that is Murder Mystery. So I think um, maybe the movie industry is in trouble or they're – not, and they're just going in different directions now, and and that specifically being streaming. Um, does that make room for for other films? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got you know Midsummer coming out soon. I think it's it's given a lot of way for horror movies to to rise to the surface. Now none of those will ever be as big as Endgame, but I, I think it's creating some room. And uh, no, I think a twenty four Blumhouse, you know, those studios are doing really well. So. Uh, you know, it
1: doesn't have to be a Disney or a Sony movie in theaters to uh, to make money. I, I would ask for a little bit of clarification. Is it – are you saying that the movie industry is down so far for the year or is yes. it just for the summer?
0: Uh, 6% for the year, and they were hoping that the summer would help the Avengers, but it actually got worse with the past three. The um, Avengers helped, and like it was 6%, and the Avengers like came out and pushed it to like 4%, and then
1: it went back on to 6 Okay. Okay. Um, honestly, I – I think that there is plenty of room out there for for movies that are not made by Disney. I think that part of the problem is the cost of going to a movie. Um, so people are much more selective in what they decide to go see. Agree, but I am giving that Endgame is very likely going to be the highest grossing movie of all time in in a single. Well, I guess they're. They're re-releasing it, but in essentially what would have been a single release, I, I, I can't really say that, you know, people aren't going to movies. They're just not going to as many movies. And I think, I think the movie companies should really take it as a challenge to stop putting garbage out on the screen. And with people being more selective, you have, you have to, you now have to choose quality over quantity. So people are only going to go see the movies that they like, or people are only going to go see movies that are good. And if you continue to put out crap movies, people aren't going to.
0: You actually touched on a few things that I was going to mention. One of the things that strikes me is what you, you kind of hinted at here, Rob. Mm-hmm. Because when I was looking at movies, some of which were on the, I was on the fence about seeing, but my initial thought was, I'll watch it on streaming, like the X Men movie, Men in Black, right? Like I, there was really nothing about those movies that made me have to see it. I've seen the trailer for for talk show and I was like, oh, you know, it'll be cute. One night I'll watch it with my wife on on stream. And I think there was a little bit of a when streaming came out, when some of these other things came out back right around the time that like Avengers like crushed expectations. I think the theaters had a way of going one way or the other, and they kind of picked the okay, we're going to do big blockbusters, and the th- the studios are like, we're going to do big blockbusters. And I think right around that time, and this is not all my stuff. I was looking at numbers and all this stuff eh, that. They kind of went the blockbuster route. And I think that some of the smaller movies like your murder mystery, which let's, let's be honest, we'll talk about in a set in a little bit, but that movie would have probably been a 30 million dollar movie in the nineties that made 60 million easily in the nineties, but it's on a streaming thing with all of those big actors. Right. So I do think there's a little bit of trouble, maybe not for the big blockbusters, but for what is in between because they keep on trying stuff and they keep on trying to. You know, DC movies try to mimic what Marvel did, what they can't. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let's take some of these Marvel actors and make a sequel to a movie. Well, you know, it's, I enjoyed Men in Black. I didn't, it was never a thing that I cared about. Hmm. The extent of my caring about it is the ride is kind of fun. Right. It was fun. Will Smith was kind of the heart of the movie, but, and I like the two actors they put in it, but there was not a single thing in that movie that would make me want to change plans and drop that $65 to get my family out there.
1: Right. And and in all honesty, it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was not a bad movie, but again, it's not a movie that I would pay sixty bucks to go see in the theater with family. Yeah. And like that's
0: you know the same thing. Like I, you even said that you know Dark Phoenix wasn't a bad movie, and no one's I, I don't think anyone's been offended by any of these movies. But most of the people I've heard, like, yeah, it's formulaic, and you kind of knew it was going to happen, and I it didn't do anything to excite me. And I'll I'll go ahead and you know quote that book that I talked about last week, the best movie year ever one, because I just finished it. It's really interesting, and they talk about that. And one of the big things they talk about is 1999 was really one of the last years that all these studios took major risks. And you know, Fight Club, and just the the list, Magnolia, a three hour movie by a, a second time director, and all of these movies came out, and a lot of them bombed. And from that point on, you went into big budget. Movies like Lord of the Rings and Spider-Man and whatever like that that were maybe not guaranteed hits, but they focus more on explosions and special effects and less on story and being unique and weird. I mean, 1999 had Being John Malkovich. Can you imagine getting money for a movie like Being John Malkovich now that isn't going to go straight to Netflix? So I think the the movie, I think for us as viewers personally, I think it hurts us more than the studios because the studios are going to make some money on big name movies. But we're gonna see a lot less interesting stuff in the theater, which sucks because we like we've said not too long ago we have we have the place like the Enzian that would actually play those movies, are right. we gonna see these cool new directors and new outlooks on things when they can't get the budget to do it? So it's a little sad I, that's why I get a little worried about it, but
1: I think you'll still see them, you'll just see them a little bit sparser,
0: yeah, and that's actually what because happens. that's what they mentioned because in that book,
1: the ones right? the ones that come out, the ones that make it to the theater will do very well because it's something different and people will run out to see it. People mm-hmm. will go out and see it and it'll do well. And then and then somebody else will try and copy it and it'll bomb and then it'll be a while before we see another
0: one. Yeah, that's what—that's basically what, I, what they said in that book is like all these movies bomb so then now they have every theater, every studio will release that one or two uh, prestige movies like A Moonlight or Lady Bird or um, I forget the one with the, the little girl that was- Or just
1: goes to camp. Wayne's World.
0: Yes, Wayne's World. No, the one with the little girl that like with her family and stuff was like happy
1: something. Or, I don't know. I forget what it was. But
2: uh, Happy happy Gilmore.
1: Yes, Happy Gilmore. Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or some shit. No, no. This was Mrs. Sunshine. Little, yeah,
2: little, Miss little Miss sunshine. Of sunshine. That's
1: what it was. Little Miss Sunshine. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. It'll be an interesting time to see how they rebound next year. And maybe we won't get, you know, 30 remakes, reboots, and okay. uh, uh, sequels, which is what they're on par- on path to do this year.
2: Yeah, the the movies that I I I don't think it's going to slow down for me. You've got Doctor Sleep. We have the trailer for that. Midsummer's coming out. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the horror movies. I heard theaters, Midsummer's so really goes, good. Yeah, reviews sure
0: started leaking out today.
2: Looks
1: good. So I'm debating whether or not I'm going to see Child's Play.
0: I'm intrigued. That's another one that screams watch at home. But I don't know. Maybe I'll see yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for indulging me. It is time for our first topic, and you know, just the other night, I believe it was Sunday night. I was laying there. I was thinking, you know, I had a good week. And then I was thinking about the podcast and I was like, you know, everything I've watched recently, I've enjoyed and I've had positive things to say. And I was like, you know, I want to hate myself a little bit. And I was looking for something terrible to watch on Netflix and it didn't take long because the giant banner at the top of the page on my Amazon fire thing said murder mystery. And it had a photoshopped picture of Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I was like, this, this is what I'm going to watch because I hate myself. <gasps> and uh, it turned out
1: it wasn't nearly as bad as I wanted it to be, which makes me oh. sad. Okay. I I actually really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it, uh, it was just the right amount of ridiculous because um, they were totally over the top with – with this whole murder mystery thing, and it was it was all kind of tongue in cheek. It, I mean, I loved the um, the interaction between Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. The the almost cartoonish French inspector. I, I'm going to just just call him Inspector Clouseau. Um, hello, hello, <laughs> hello, it's Ethan. Hi, Ethan.
2: Welcome to the show, Ethan.
0: What did you think of the movie that you didn't see? Was what? it was it good or bad? Uh, you, I know you didn't see it, but what, what how was it?
2: Murder card.
0: Murder mystery. Cool. There you <laughs> have your it. Favorite part. Uh,
2: when
1: when the kid went falling off the cliff. <laughs> oh
0: wow! Yeah, okay. and what did he land on?
1: <laughs> he landed
2: on a Pokemon.
1: <laughs> oh. which one? Well, you got to catch them all.
2: Uh, YouTube. YouTube, Uh, yeah, that super strong one.
0: Oh yeah, tell Jimmy what Pokemon you want him to model in five minutes. YouTube. I don't know what YouTube is.
2: Mewtwo. YouTube. Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you got to go to bed, bud. I love you.
2: Good night, Ethan.
0: Window bed (laughs) crack. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. He means Mewtwo. Oh. Oh, Mewtwo. That's yes. You like Mewtwo? Uh, that one's gonna be hard to model in five minutes. Have fun, Jimmy. Yeah, I'll do
2: it. I'll do it. I'm gonna do okay. it tomorrow and I'll post the well, results. We'll get back to
0: Murder Mystery in a second, but this conversation needs explanation. There is a challenge that people are doing online on like, where 3D artists are trying to model Pokemon in five minutes and the results are hilarious. And as 3D artists, we kind of been bantering about them. So yep. that is so where it comes from.
2: Tomorrow I will be posting the results of my five minute Pokemon modeling and I will be doing Mewtwo. So, um no, as of no, no, no. recording You're it will already YouTube. be up <laughs> youtube yeah so back to murder mystery did we lose greg or no or not? i was
0: i was ushering the child out of the room so i had it oh. i had it muted okay so murder mystery yeah you you it was a little bit over the top but it wasn't quite over the top in fact it was borderline clue over the top but not close enough because i can't stand those kind of like super overacted movies Mm-hmm. But I think one of the benefits was that the actors were actually pretty good. Like Luke, Luke Evans is actually a pretty good actor.
1: Oh, he's fantastic! He was really good.
0: Yeah, and so he was likable. generally and Aniston, it took me forever Aniston, but... to figure
1: out where I knew him from because I I couldn't remember. Uh, I, I couldn't I was remember saying name. I'm like, wait, he was in the Hobbit.
0: <laughs> he was.
1: He, he was also guest on. Yeah, yeah. In the Beauty and the Beast remake. Yep, and he. Uh, so
0: they're good. The uh, the woman that was playing the actress, she was good. So. There's a lot of very bad mustaches in this movie.
1: In yeah, there were. And it, it was fun trying to guess who did it because I was, I was wrong. But when he got to the end and he was laying everything out for the cop, he was like, holy shit, maybe we did do it. Where were you last night?
0: <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a lot of Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler, which I have not seen in a very long time. Uh, we are going to talk about Adam Sandler movies a little bit later. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like I used to like, beyond i loved adam sandler movies and then i just didn't yeah and like they some of them were the ones i would just put on at any given time you know got to do some work okay i'll put an adam sandler movie in the background like some of them i played so much that my vhs tape broke yeah which is saying which is dating me and saying a lot but so what you said jimmy just as this is not really about the plot but you said that netflix has done said that it was one of their top grossing movies
2: Yeah, one of the uh, top-grossing Netflix originals so far. So, wow. Um, yeah, it marks uh, Netflix's Netflix's biggest opening weekend ever. And this, so uh, imagine honestly, that
0: this honestly it, seen so, by
2: close to thirty point nine million households in its first three days.
0: Wow, which is interesting because not too long ago, Netflix signed an exclusive deal with uh, Happy Madison Productions. And people are like, well, what? It was like a multi picture deal, three three movies, four movies, whatever. And every single one of those movies, from the ridiculous seventy-two or whatever number whatever it is, all the way through, all of them have done actually really really good. And I think that's that streaming side of things. Like, what does it hurt if you watch it? You know, like, oh, if it's not the best movie ever, okay, I didn't just spend sixty five dollars on it.
1: Right. I mean, you're you're just paying the subscription fee. And it, it makes me wonder how it is that they that they structure these deals. I mean, how how do they make money on or how you know i mean they can only pour out so much when they when they they've got essentially what is a fixed budget for the month i mean because they only get so much money per month Mm -hmm. but i get
0: part of it is if it keeps people watching because like this this movie is outside of that deal he finished the deal and they just and just kept making movies for him so and what adam sandler does he makes a ton of money like i've seen i've seen some of the numbers on his stuff because he Mm -hmm. he works cheap all of the people in his movies are his friends, Kevin James and Adam. You've seen the same people in a lot of his movies, Chris Rock and uh, Rob Schneider, all those guys. Uh, he's really good friends with Jennifer Aniston. And what they do is they hey, let's go take a trip to Italy and film a movie. So they basically do it as a vacation. They don't have to pay other actors a million dollars. They're not special effects juggernauts. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't cost them all that much. And like I said, I was just looking for something light to watch. And, oh, this is light. I'm going to watch it if it sucks in the first 30 minutes i'll turn it off and the next day, i knew it was over and i enjoyed the whole thing
1: and and i have to say that i i caught it and i kind of i kind of felt like a nerd for catching it but did did you guys catch the the grown-ups reference where he referenced the uh the other movie i did not yeah i did not either
0: but that being said he, i have not seen grown ups, so i would not have caught it
1: well he was he was talking about um when they found out about Eric Cavendish's boat or whatever. And he mm-hmm. says, Oh, my friend, Eric Lemonsoff has a boat, blah, 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 blah. And went on about, about oh. his friend's boat. Eric Lemonsoff was Kevin James character in grownups. Okay. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. they're, they're just I, cool I just, I just found it amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're just a
0: cool group of friends. Like, you know, some, uh, I like the fact that they tended to work on,
1: on projects together. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even this one, good on, chemistry. You know, I mean, going through, going through Adam Sandler movies, I mean, you see a lot of the same people. Yeah. And even the ones
0: that are like produced by Happy Medicine Productions, like uh, Grandma's Boy, which I think is severely underrated and hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, Agreed. So, Jimmy, you watched this as well, correct? I sure did. Yeah. So, what did you think?
2: I actually really enjoyed it. Um, my girlfriend and I saw the trailer. We've been, uh, we watch kind of murder mystery, true crime stuff, you know, every night, really. And this was uh, really just kind of a, a fun. A fun break from the really serious, like episodes of Forensic Files. Um, (laughs) there were some, I I thought there were some really memorable characters in this. So the Maharaja cracked me up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I loved him. (laughs) The, uh, the race car driver. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they were talking to him and she was Jennifer Anderson's character, Audrey. Audrey Spitz was like, "You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you?" He's just like, "Uh huh, yeah, very fast, very fast, very fast." (laughs) Or when they're talking about a certain character who was murdered, he's, "Ah, yes, yes, finish line." It just, it was so funny, Um, really lighthearted, and I I mean, I think really worth a watch. You know, we we ate ice cream and ate popcorn, and mm -hmm. you know, it's just a fun movie to watch. The the word that came up,
0: lots of laughter. The word that came up when I was watching was good natured. And it was when it was right around the time when the very tall, attractive Luke Evans is talking to the wife and kind of joking with Adam Sandler and all that. And I was like, this is a little different than most movies where they would kind of do the, in most movies, they would play the handsome tall guy versus the other guy in some way. Mm-hmm. But this, they just kind of joked around and like played it off in like a lighthearted kind of, you know, punch in the shoulder kind of manner. And I was like, oh, this is just a lighthearted movie. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was there was a little bit of tension, but it was all misplaced from each of the spouses. Like when yeah. when he caught her talking to him, he was like, "Whoa, this is my wife," and he's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, no, she's beautiful. You're a lucky man." Blah 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 blah. And then when he met the actress and he was like gushing over her, she was like, "Yeah, yeah okay, come on, let's 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 go. Come on, let's go inside and let's apply go. sunscreen."
2: <laughs> but yeah. we already did. We're reapplying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I thought the line where they met Kevin where. Nick met Cavendish and he goes, look, I'm not going to let you offer, you know, a bunch of money to sleep with my wife or anything like that. But, you know, th- you know, if we were going that right, h- how
1: much would how you much, offer? How much are we talking?
0: <laughs> yeah, which was and, it, which was oddly all of that stuff is actually more realistic to the real world. Mm-hmm. Like not that many people with a group of friends or a group of people are that overly like angry at someone. And if they are, you need to leave those people right now. Just saying. yes.
1: Yeah. And and I got to admit, Greg, I'm a little surprised to hear that you liked or to, to hear you talking as as uh, positively about the, because everything that I saw from the text, you were like, eh, the movie was just there. Whatever. Uh, i take it or leave it. It was OK. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Like I'm the surprised to hear that you say movie. you enjoyed it. Oh, I that? it.
0: It just wasn't the world's best movie like it was. Oh, OK. It was. That, what, that was not it was what it was. It, yeah. it was what it was. It was what I was looking for at that time. But it wasn't like – there wasn't a single thing I would be like, oh, you must see this movie. But if you want like, oh, it's Sunday night. I want to kind of rewind after a long week. I want to watch something, but I don't want continuing storylines. I don't want to have to think about stuff. I don't want to have to do this. I just want to watch a movie and rearrange my mods on my Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes characters. Perfect then. movie for that. Yeah, it is a f- and, fantastic
1: movie for that. And that you can enjoy when you're actually paying attention. Yes. I, I would say that you should pay attention because like with any Adam Sandler movie – um, a lot of the comedy is actually in the dialogue. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss some of the comedy. So I,
2: I got to say, some of the, the funniest and, um, one of the most consistent jokes throughout was with the Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's laughing in the background <laughs> where, Oh, he, he lost a, a part of him. And, uh, oh, you know, yes. he's like, just dick.
1: Right. <laughs> it's no. <his> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> okay. no, I never said he lost his dick. What? In a bomb explosion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I think we all agree. A pretty fun light movie. Uh, if you have Netflix, it's probably worth checking out. You know, I would. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's uh, it's
1: definitely worth a
0: watch. It's worth your yeah, uh, hour agreed. and forty-five minutes, or hour and thirty minutes, or whatever it was. So agreed. Murder mystery. There you go. There's our review. Uh, So, Jimmy, I believe you had one last question for Rob as we were closing out here. I do actually.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. Now you might hear a little squeaky toy in the background. It's my little terrier. But um, dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Yes. Now there are a couple of instances in this movie where a character is injured. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's say maybe shot in the shoulder and they pass out immediately. Um now in your experience um when someone is inflicted with such a wound, do
1: they um pass out immediately? Um well I've never actually shot anybody. So You, you should.
2: Now <laughs> just for how fun, about, just to see what happens. How about this? So uh the other question there is a character is shot in the stomach three times and dies immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that something that would happen? It could. Okay. Your, your aorta does run down through your abdomen. Okay. So should the bullet hit the aorta, Mm -hmm. you're, you're pretty much done. If it, if it tears through your aorta, you will bleed out in a matter, in a matter of seconds.
0: How hard is it to knock someone unconscious? Um, I don't know if I want the answer to that question because it's entirely possible he will knock me unconscious at work one day.
1: (laughs) You talking about like with a blow to the head? Yeah. Um, I think, like with anything, it really depends upon placing. It, one, it depends upon placing, and two, it depends upon the person's susceptibility to being rendered unconscious.
2: Okay, so some people are like, more susceptible
1: to it. Well, like like some people have higher pain thresholds. Okay, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. yes, there there are definitely people who who or um, some boxers are referred to as having a glass jaw, meaning they can be knocked out easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas some you have an you iron can, chin. Yeah, you could hit them with a brick and they'd be like, dude, what are you doing? So, I mean, everybody's different in that respect. And and as far as getting shot and passing out, some people pass out just from pain. So if, okay. if the pain is severe enough, yeah, they they could end up passing out. All right. And so like I if you have a lot of pain.
0: and hit my knee and passed out from pain. Did you? There you go. I did. <laughs> Sucked.
1: I yeah. Bet. So intense pain can cause people to pass out.
0: All right. And uh, check out our YouTube channel to where we inflict different levels of pain on Jimmy to see if he's one of those people. I will. Mm. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. We, <laughs> we don't actually have a YouTube channel, but
1: we do have Jimmy. We have Jen's channel. We could do it there. Oh, yeah. Okay, that works. That is so
0: not Disney. It is really.
1: not Disney-oriented at all.
0: Uh, go ahead okay. and try. Well, let's go from Murder Mystery to Men in Black International. A movie that Rob saw.
1: <laughs> Am I the only one who saw it? Yes, in the entire world. Apparently, I—I um, I have to say, I—I I enjoyed it. Again, it's—it's not—it's not anything that I'm going to write home about. But it was—I wasn't mad that I went to see it. <laughs> Dear mom, today I saw Men in Black International. She'd be Ex- like, what the hell? <laughs> exactly, exactly." You know, I. I mean, I'm not mad that I paid to go see it. It was it was fun. It was enjoyable. But but then again, I mean, I don't know that that the first the first three Men in Blacks were you know anything that I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest movie ever. Uh, you have to go see this in the theater. With the exception being maybe the first one. The first one was super entertaining, very good, well written, well acted. You know, the it just had it just had everything, and it was something we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like anytime they, they continue the whole sequel tree, you know, it loses something from that, that first movie. Like none of the Matrix movies were as good as the first one. Yeah. Let's be honest. Because the first one was such a novel concept and it introduced something new that by the time the second movie came around, it's like, oh, we've seen that already. So yeah, it takes a big change in the later movies. Like we've raved about Thor three and that
0: changed a lot. Uh, we mm-hmm. rave, you know, the alien movies, alien one suspense movie alien 2 big action movie yeah i actually kind of i enjoyed men in black 3 because of the going back in time stuff and seeing the younger versions of themselves mm-hmm. i thought that was they did that really well they did but i also have only seen that in the theater so i don't really remember like if they it was did. actually but it good sti-
1: or it still wasn't it still wasn't as good as the first one in my opinion i thought the first men in black was the best men in black yeah but, you know, I mean, for having different actors, for having a different story, I th- I thought they did a very good job with it. It, it was enjoyable. It, but again, it's not anything that I would say, oh, you know, take a family of four to go see and pay 120 bucks to go see it. No, that's it. There are very few movies that are worth that anymore. So was it fun? Yes. Did I like Chris Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson? Is that it? That's yeah. her name, right? Tessa yeah. Thompson? Yeah. Did I like, I think they have great chemistry together. They did, they, they acted off of each other very well. Was the story kind of hokey? I mean, it's men in black. Come on. It hokey is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Neeson was in it. I liked Liam Neeson. The, the ending was kind of a twist, right? Or uh, was kind of a surprise, you know. Up until the end, you know, maybe some people saw it coming, but I was like, oh, oh, okay. So they, they did kind of swing it back around. And, and then when you go back and think about it, you're like, well, that doesn't entirely make sense, but okay, you know, whatever, we'll go with it. Uh,
0: how original were the alien designs? So I, I, the little guy that they had in the trailer, I was like, eh, he wasn't that, he didn't excite me as much as the little, uh, the funny, like aliens that hang out back at headquarters, you know, the ones that are always in the kitchen and stuff. like that. He like dudes.
1: He was super cute. Kind of dry pretty funny he was yeah. funny in a dry delivery kind of way and he's played by um or he's voiced by um i think the guy who plays the cabbie in deadpool oh really yeah interesting yeah and i think i think he also plays the uber driver in the new movie coming out Stuber
2: oh, i like that guy. i don't know his name typecast
1: like yeah he's yeah. the driver yeah But it it was voiced by him, I believe. And, you know, it did a really good job with, with delivering the dry humor and the, the one-liners. And so it, it, he was funny. It was enjoyable. The, the movie was kind of ridiculous, like all men in black movies are. And like I said, the, the chemistry between Hemsworth and Thompson was great. And for the most part, they were, they were the focus of the movie. So I was, uh, Here's my weird thing. It,
0: many years ago, I kind of thought I was going to go into like movie marketing or something along those lines. So I used to, every time a movie would come out, I would try to guess how much it was going to make.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, I would do this for a while. And I, when the first Men in Black came out, I missed it. I missed on that one so badly. I thought it was going to be the biggest bomb of the, of the summer. Mm-hmm. Because when I every time I saw it, the trailer fell so flat on everyone in the theater. And I think Wild Wild West had just come out in that bomb too. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, maybe the Will Smith thing is kind of over. And I thought, nope, this isn't going to do well. And I was very wrong. (laughs) That was the one I was like, oh, okay. Apparently I don't know what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. I was like, I I thought it was going to make like 30 million. I think it did like 60. I think I don't remember the numbers now, but either way, that was my little, that's my confession. My confession of my weird game that I used to play in my head. (laughs) So, okay. Well, uh, anyone else have anything they need to say about men in black
1: international? I mean, if you've got an afternoon to kill and you're taking yourself and you're just going by yourself, I'd I mean, I I'd I'd say check it out. I mean, it's not an opening night. It's not an opening night movie by our by our standards. I'd say it's probably a five dollar Tuesday movie. OK, but there isn't there is enough there to warrant seeing it on a big screen. So okay, and then rush right to Universal and go on the ride. Yeah. Before they close
0: it down. Jimmy, tell me about video games.
2: I will tell you about video games the best that I can. The biggest gaming, uh, convention, uh, actually closed, like wrapped up, you know, last week. And we already touched on a, a giant announcement there, Keanu Reeves's appearance, um, in Cyberpunk 2077, which, uh, I think, Everybody's really excited about. It's fun to watch Keanu Reeves's resurgence back into popular mm-hmm. culture for sure. But another gigantic announcement from Microsoft is that a new Xbox is going to be out uh, this holiday season. Well, next holiday season, technically, um, we have a wow. new Xbox on its way. It's called. So we've
1: hit the new cycle.
2: I, I think we have. Yeah, uh, there were there was talk for a while that the the consoles were just going to get. You know, like firmware updates or, or small updates here and there, but uh, I think we're we're diving back into you know whole new consoles. Um, so Sony has plans on theirs, but Microsoft beat them to the punch. So make sure you pre-order yours as soon as possible if that's something that interests you. Uh, what was the name of it? You said it, and then but Pro- it was going to stop you. Project Scarlet. Oh yeah, um, uh, is is what it was. Um, so, um, some other really big announcements. I'm sure you guys, have you seen the gameplay for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order?
0: Very excited about that one.
1: I have not. I've only seen the, uh, cinema, the cinema sequence. Okay.
0: There is a little bit of gameplay. It looks fun. It looks like a Jedi Uncharted basically.
2: It does. Um, the main character so far, what I've seen seems kind of like a wimp, but, We'll see.
0: But he does have this cool little robot buddy that hangs out on his back. He does. And I'm going to 3D model it and 3D print it. And then wear it on my back to class. Okay. You do that.
2: Um, We've got, as I previously mentioned, the Blair Witch game, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, We're beating the dead horse. Uh, I think we crossed that two versions ago. There's a Gears of War 5. That's on the horizon. Speaking of horizons, we have Forza Horizon 4. Uh, Lego Speed Champions. So Lego is is throwing its uh its hat into the
0: the the racing games. Be I be, guess and that could be, be really LEGO, fun. The, the Lego Star Wars, uh, Skywalker Saga. Yeah, I'm I'm actually mm-hmm. excited about that one. Uh, because it's they apparently they're changing it up a little bit. So I'm excited about that because I got the Lego games are pretty much all the same.
2: Yep, pretty much. And um, as was leaked before. George R.R. Martin is working with From Software, creating a game called Elden Ring. So look out for another fantasy adventure from the man who loves to kill your favorite character. Yeah. You can't blame him for how the series ended, though, only for the fact that he will never finish the books. So uh, that pretty much covers Microsoft. Let's talk about some news from Sony. Sony was, you know, uh, had a very kind of small... Um, representation here but as was announced uh, King- Kingdom Hearts 3 uh Final Fantasy it, 14 I guess Final Fantasy 8 you know some of these remakes are coming out but the biggest news from Sony I think the Final Fantasy 7 remake is finally on its way mm-hmm. so if you guys have been waiting for that I know a lot of people have for many years if you've gone back and spent 70, 80 couple hundred bucks for a, a copy of final fantasy seven you can probably get yours now for 60 70 bucks when that does come out so and i be the week
0: that rob is not on the podcast yeah hmm.
2: uh it looks pretty good um i mean it's it's what i think people have wanted for for a long time yeah.
1: And and in, in all honesty, that's probably a lot of a lot of Final Fantasy fans, that's probably their favorite. I mean, mine is mine is number 2 or at least number 4. It's it was number 2 in America, but it it was essentially number 4 in the in the series, but it 7 is is listed by a lot of people as their favorite Final Fantasy game along with 10.
2: Yeah, it's it's listed for a lot of people as their favorite game of all time. So, um Definitely very cool. Nintendo's press conference included updates on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Luigi's Mansion is coming back. So, Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Nintendo Switch will be coming out a version of Link's Link's Awakening. For Legend of Zelda is going to be coming out. We've got Contra Rogue Core. Greg talked about that. That is a new game. Now, the Contra, Contra, (laughs) Controversy, the Contra Anniversary. Collection will be coming out. That's uh, pretty much all your, you know, all your your old versions of Contra, which are still very fun, and a sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, uh, which I know was super popular when the Switch came out. Our students were walking around with their little portable screens and playing that game. So um, there's also an Avengers game coming out. Um, I don't know if you guys. Oh, con- have, speaking of controversy, seen updates on that. that. Yeah. So it looks pretty good. It's a single player cooperative um hopefully, you know one of the arcade games that I used to love playing the most in the arcade was x men. You oh, guys yeah. remember that? It had mm-hmm. like five
0: players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so hopefully this will be something along those lines. We actually uh, play Robin I played it on the p s three I think like mm-hmm. the the downloadable version yeah
2: that's yeah. it's a lot of fun I mean um we've got some interesting news from
0: google uh well, the, google. The, the avengers game did you hear about all the controversy about it the people were freaking out about it again just like not. they did about sonic well because it would be a gajillion dollars to pay th- for the likenesses of the various avengers actors they went completely a different direction and none of the actor none of the characters look anything like they are supposed to at all and there are people of course freaking out and oh we need to change the facial thing like you did with sonic you ruined my childhood blah 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 blah. okay i will admit i will admit that captain america does look a little bit weird because we are we have now been used to seeing all of these characters in as played by chris evans Evans and tony stark by robert downey jr but from the comic side of things every time they switch an artist in a comic book as long as you have a couple things you know captain america blonde okay good move on you know Tony Stark, Mustache, and or goatee. Okay, cool, move on. Uh so I'm a little torn. I just want the game to be good because there, there's very rarely any good movie tie-in games because of because of how much it costs to get some of the tie-in licensing stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So if
0: they're gonna not have the faces look right, but the game is gonna be awesome, I don't care.
1: Right. Just make the game good. Yeah. And and I I just want somebody to bring a decent story centric co-op game that I can play with my friends, like over, over a connection or on, you know, online that, that like Greg and I could sit down and play over the network and, and progress through the game together. Without a 13 year old logging on, killing us and saying that our moms are gay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and I would, I would love to see, I would love to see a story centric game that you could work cooperatively with a friend where you didn't have to engage in PVP. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so what you got about Google? Uh,
2: a couple more things regarding their game streaming platform. Have you guys heard of Google Stadia?
1: I have. I have not.
2: Yep. So Google is entering not the console market, but the streaming market with Baldur's Gate 3, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, mm-hmm. Gilt, Pack, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, and Destiny 2. So uh, nothing super new, but we'll have to see how pricing planning happens with that. So, uh should be very interesting. Let's see if uh streaming gaming can actually find a home. That's pretty much all I got for for things that, you know, really interested me. Um it is a, a, a industry only event, so if you were lucky enough to see Keanu Reeves talk about Cyberpunk 2077, good for you. Now, a couple of things to note. There is a new Battletoads game coming out, and yeah, it's really hard. Oh my God. Uh, it's going to be sure. And, uh, are you guys? The second familiar? stage
1: is going to be impossible.
2: <laughs> Have you, yeah. are you familiar with the game, uh, Chivalry?
1: No.
2: Chivalry 2 has been announced. So Chivalry is a, um, PvP game. I believe you can still get it for free, but basically the most fun thing about Chivalry is getting on a team with, uh, 10 to 20 other knights and soldiers and just screaming and running towards the battlefield and uh you hold down shift and w to run and you just hit e over and over again to yell and then you die and then you just do it over and over and over again so if that sounds like your kind of thing check it out that is my e3 coverage if i missed anything if you guys are really excited about something that i didn't cover please let me know
0: and since we just covered video games and you heard my child not too long ago I've got a question for all the listeners out there. What are some good games to teach a kid how to play video games? Because I've tried a bunch of them, and he gets very, he'll gets he get very frustrated. So the extent of his video game playing is letting him drive around with the uh, the cars in, in uh, Rocket League every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do play the Lego Ninjago game, but every so often that game is buggy. So you guys know how to contact us. Give me five podcasts, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, search us and let me know have if you, there's any good games for, you know, get a six-year-old like to learn. Mario
1: Kart? He
0: actually did do Mario Kart a little bit, but he tends to go out. He tends to be one one of the U-turn, you know, have to get grabbed by the uh, the dude in the cloud and flip the wrong way the other way. Uh, it's time for the question, and we're going uh, Adam Sandler this time, I think. What are your five favorite Adam Sandler movies?
2: Hey, I guess I get to go 1st see. Gracias. So I'll go ahead and kick things off. My number five is going to be Fifty First Dates. Thought it was a fun movie. And plus 311 was in it. Number four is going to be Mr. Deeds. Thought it was very funny. Uh, Steve Buscemi was absolutely fantastic in that movie. Uh, number three, Billy Madison. Number two is Happy Gilmore. And my number one Adam Sandler movie is going to be airhead not not a main starring role but it wasn't uh he was a a co-star with uh mr brendan fraser and uh uh, my favorite line from that is um you know (laughs) when adam taylor's character says i ain't farting on no snare drum um so definitely check it out if you've not seen airheads if you are a fan of wayne's world then
0: you will love airheads well i will i will go next and i'm gonna start out with the Water Boy at number five, a movie that I was in. They did; oh, they needed some sure. background crowd people, and when I was up in college. They advertised up there that they needed some people to come down to Orlando. I was on my way home for summer break, so I stopped at the Citrus Bowl, and I am somewhere in there wearing a red shirt. That so, scene, uh, just the crowd shots. It was where they got all the crowd shots for the <clears throat> for like the final game kind of thing. Ah, so I'm I never saw myself, and I tried. So that's my number, f- my number five. I'm gonna go with the Wedding Singer. Like that movie, love all the eighties references. I love the depressed eighties references.
1: Wait, and which way are you
0: going? I don't have it written in order. Oh, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm. I wrote them down based on the ones I how I remembered them, but I didn't write them in order on the thing. So I went Waterboy number five, number four, The Wedding Singer, number three, Big Daddy. That is one of the two movies that actually made me want to be a father.
1: Hip Hop Anonymous. <laughs> Hip hip-hop, Hip Hop Anonymous. Damn it, why does he always get the easy ones?
0: <laughs> yeah that that one uh i love that movie and love sarah silverman yeah and of course the kids are now in uh riverdale oddly enough they're <laughs> like
2: 40 and getting
0: arrested and showing up on team no dude. they're actually doing really well the guys that play the kid he's actually also in that movie about those kids like the guy and the girl that can't like touch each other because they have some weird disease but
1: oh yeah
0: um so that's that uh so that's three uh, i'm gonna go with happy Gilmore number two The movie that made golf cool weird and my number one was billy madison i love that movie i watched it all the time it was quotable the end the end speech was so glorious and yeah so that's uh that's billy madison number
1: one all right you're wrong but okay um (laughs) so i'll give you my five at number five it's it's a toss-up i think i'm gonna go with grown-ups It was either going to be Grown Ups or The Wedding Singer, but I I enjoyed Grown Ups, and it was a different, almost like a different style of movie for Adam Sandler. So I'm going to go with Grown Ups at number five. At number four, I'm going to say Big Daddy. Very fun, very enjoyable. The kid was fantastic in that movie. At number three, uh, I'm going to put Waterboy. There are so many quotable lines in that movie, and just the other day, I was walking around going... Gatorade. <laughs> water <laughs> sucks. Sucks. It, it really really, really, really sucks. sucks
0: also the incredibly <laughs> handsome guy you saw in the crowd shots
1: true true yeah. there's that so water boy number three at number two they have great they have great chemistry together i really enjoyed the movie and jessica beale is just hot as hell i gotta go with uh i now pronounce you chuck and larry Wow, very funny I I really really enjoyed that movie, but my number one Adam Sandler movie of all time, easily my favorite movie of Adam Sandler's, is Happy Gilmore. Made love that one. What'd you say, Jimmy? I said I love that one. Uh, that is that is without question his best movie. And the
0: actor that played was it Richard something that was Jaws in the in the uh, James Bond movies when he beats the hell out of uh, you
1: shooter. Shooter McGavin. I eat
0: pieces of shit like you for breakfast.
1: You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, that's
0: our list. Let us know what your guys' list is. We'll give you the, com- the, com- the contact information later. But I'm angry about something. I am. Tell us what it is. What are you angry about, Greg? Well... The other day, I was about a week ago, I went to a hot pot slash Korean barbecue restaurant. And okay. was, the food was really good. Don't get me wrong. food was excellent. But I noticed when I was in the restaurant that was pretty full, so I don't think they were hurting for money, that every single flat surface seemed to have some sort of rule written on it. Like a little laminated card that said, if you do this, it's an extra charge. If you do that, it's an extra charge. If that, that's this. this. was like... No this, no that, no extra forks, no extra, you know, this kind of stuff. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And then it occurred to me that how much I absolutely hate when businesses plaster everything with rules that just make it like you're kind of the enemy as the customer. So one of the rules at this place was that they're going to charge you $20 per pound. It was a, mind you, it wasn't all you can eat place, $20 per pound for uneaten food. Which, okay, I understand that if you order a billion things to your table and then just walk out, I can understand them wanting to make money on that. But the problem was, was this was a legitimate Korean barbecue place. So there was a major language barrier. So I had to literally throw myself between my table and my waitress to make them stop bringing me food because I was getting close to that, that thing. And then it occurred to me that a lot of the restaurants that I go to have these signs up. Like, there's a pizza place I go to very frequently because my kid likes it, and the entire front window is plastered in signs that say no outside drinks. And all I could think about was like, okay, well, it's next to a Starbucks or near a Starbucks. Of course you're going to get people that walk in there with some sort of thing. And rather than being pissed off about it, just be happy that Starbucks is bringing a bunch of people right next door to your restaurant that are like, yeah, I just finished my coffee. Maybe I'll get some pizza. Like, when I see those signs, all I can think about is like, oh, look, you're going to get pizza and we're going to make very little profit on that, but we're definitely going to get a lot of profit on that $2 and 50 cent drink that we're paying less than seven cents for. So I don't want to be thinking about that when I go into a restaurant, I want to be thinking I'm going to eat some good pizza or I'm going to eat some good Korean food. And it just, it forcing me to think about your business model while I'm there, it does not make for an enjoyable experiment. So my, my rant here to follow up on that is if you can't really figure out a way to make money doing what your business does, Without like having to give rules to the customer, then maybe you, you shouldn't be in this. Uh,
2: yeah, I hate when I go to a restaurant and they tell me not to stab myself with a
0: fork. Um, <laughs> well, some people have. They're going to be- charge me twenty bucks if I have if I do. I remember having like even you know Rob, you remember this? Well, having to explain all the rules to the blockbuster customers sometimes when they started doing oh, the, the. This is the dollar $50, fifty favorite. That's what the coupon says. And like even when the coupons started getting like these long ass rules, you're like, oh, this company is on the way out.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's my rant. Rob, tell people how they can yell at us.
1: Well, as always, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod. Or you can email us directly, give me five podcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, please help us out. Leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using, hopefully Podcoin it really helps us stand out and it really helps other people find us. Also, for all of you who are interested in getting that sweet sweet give me 5 swag, we have a short. Sure, we have well, a sure. We have a store we sure do at giveme 5 com. You can get all your give me 5 branded merchandise there or you can find us directly from our Libsyn site, giveme5.libsyn. That's L I B S Y N. We sure do. Com. And thanks for listening.
0: Uh, whoa holy damn wow (laughs) that's what happens when you you drink a diet sprite right before you record
1: did you drink a whole three liter
0: i pounded a can with a little bit of uh creme de menthe in it what who the fuck
1: drinks sprite with creme de menthe
0: it's the drink
1: that it's the What are you getting it like a, a fufu restaurant or some shit
0: it's well i use the like it's not alcoholic it's the the flavoring stuff syrup but no, it's I got it at the French restaurant at Disney and it was really good, so oh, of course you Yeah.
2: Bring that tomorrow. I wanna try this.
0: Okay. Well it's it's a big container like they have behind the counter at Starbucks, like the big pump container. I'll have to see what I can do. Okay. Holy let's crap. let's like do a report here. Okay.